We're only about a week out from the NFL draft. So I think it's time we take a slight step back and look a little bit bigger picture at how the decision the Bears make in the first round will shape the decisions they make with their three other picks in the top 64. You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm here to bring you your daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. You can follow me on Twitter, at CoxSports1. You can follow the podcast on Twitter, at LockedOnBears. You can like Locked On Bears on Facebook. Join the Locked On Bears Facebook group for even more Bears talk. And make sure you hit that subscribe button on the Locked On Bears YouTube channel to keep up with all of our video podcasts as well. Thanks for making Locked On Bears your first listen today. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Appreciate everyone who makes Locked On Bears your first listen every day and be one of our everydayers here with us five days a week on the podcast. We absolutely love you diehards, absolutely are the best. And on the show today, I want to look at trying to find the right pairings between the Bears' first-round pick and their two second-round picks and and third-round pick, really the the first-round pick and then the three picks between 53 and 64, which I might just call them all second-round picks, even though 64 is technically their third-round pick, but I think you sort of get the idea of what we're going here. This idea of like, okay, so if you go offensive tackle in the first round, then how does that shape what you're going to do in the second round compared to if you go wide receiver or defensive line in the first round? Then, well, do you need when do you need to make sure that you address some of these other positions in the second round? Because the Bears are unfortunately in this position where they have certain spots of need that you really feel like they have to fill with at least one of these first four picks in the draft. I think you have to get an offensive tackle with one of these first four picks in the draft, and you have to address the defensive line at at least one spot with one of these first four picks. Ideally, you get an offensive tackle, an edge rusher, and a defensive tackle all within these first four picks. And then one of those other picks can be a little bit more, you know, flexible, best player available. Because ideally you take best player available with all four of your picks, but you understand that some of these times you, you got to get needs with these spots. So hope you kind of hope that between those four picks that three of those four times an offensive lineman, an edge rusher, and a defensive tackle can be among the best players available. So it's not like you have to get one in the first round or it's not like you have to get one with the 53rd overall pick, but across the picks, you feel like you got to address these primary need positions that need guys to step in and play starting lineup level roles at some of these key spots. And so I went ahead and I, I wanted to approach this, like you ever see on, on social media, these are super popular on, you know, Twitter and Facebook and Instagram, where it's like you have, they'll give you, there's a graphic and it'll give you like 15 imaginary dollars. It's like you have $15 build your perfect lineup. And then there'll be certain players that cost $5, certain players that cost four, three, two, and one. And you're supposed to spend the fake $15 to get the best players that out of each category to fill that role. I went ahead and did that for the bears draft, not with fake money or anything, but with each of the four draft picks, I'm going to tweet it out at locked on bears and at Cox Sports One on Twitter, I'm going to post it in the Lockdown Bears Facebook group as well. And those watching on the Lockdown Bears YouTube channel, I can throw it up on screen here right now. But the point being, like, I've got a, I've got four rows 
that would be your dollar amounts. It's it's the ninth pick, the 53rd pick, the 61st pick, and the 64th pick. Essentially, you get to pick one player from any of these four rows to build your Bears draft. And then it's split into five columns, offensive tackles, defensive tackles, edge rushers, cornerbacks, and then I have an other category that has a few different positions in it. And the idea being, okay, one one player for each pick, so you can get like, okay, your tackle in the first round, your edge rusher in the second round, your cornerback in the second round, and other in the, with your third pick there, right? You can kind of mix and match from each column. You could even, I suppose, double down at any spot if you absolutely wanted to. But that's sort of the way I wanted to approach it. And, and look at this from the Bears draft perspective. Like, okay, I think the most common pick for the Bears in the first round among Bears fans and mock drafts is an offensive tackle. On my graphic, I put Paris Johnson Jr. Certainly, um, it, to me, it's not as important which tackle, for the sake of this exercise, if you prefer Broderick Jones or Darnell Wright or even Peter Skaronsky, you can put him in that spot. It's not that important that it's Paris Johnson. But let's say you go offensive tackle with the ninth overall pick. Well, then you have that spot addressed. Great. That's important. Big need you want filled with a first-round caliber player. Very good. So then you have three picks between 53 and 64 to try and fill in. And I feel like I need to address the defensive line for sure in at least one of those spots, if not two of those spots. And then one of them can be perhaps a little bit more of a luxury pick there. So like if, if we got Johnson with the ninth overall pick, do you go edge rusher there like Ojolari or defensive tackle like Keanu Benton? Do you feel like you, you want to go offensive line back to back with somebody like John Michael Schmitz? I mean, you got some different options there with the 53rd pick. With the 61st pick, you know, there's the other center, Joe Tipman from Wisconsin's that around that range. Isaiah Foskey, the Notre Dame edge rusher, or maybe even the uh, Ika, the nose tackle from Baylor, if you want to go a little bit bigger on the interior there. And then with the third pick, the third round pick that's 64, you know, you can get Zach Pickens on the defensive line, Derek Hall at the edge rusher spot, maybe a cornerback like Brents from Kansas State, or even a running back like Shane from Texas A&M or Charbonnet from from. UCLA, there's some different options you can get there if you start to fill some of these holes. And so to me, I want to start comparing some of these potential combinations of Bears drafts and some of the pros and cons of each one. If you're starting with the tackle here and where you go after that, what your options are. If you start with a defensive tackle like Jalen Carter, if you start with an edge rusher like Lucas Van Ness, or you start with, you know, a wide receiver like Jackson Smith and Jigba or a cornerback like Devon Witherspoon. Each one of those things, I think, then strongly shapes how the rest of your draft is going to go. And, and if I think once we, when we put these combinations side by side, you can start to get a better sense of like what you have to sacrifice at each position of need and be like, oh man, maybe, maybe I would rather not have to wait to take that position and feel like, man, I guess maybe I would prefer to take this position in the first round because I like my second round options at the other spots better versus, oh, I feel like I can wait at, say edge rusher or the offensive tackle, because I like those options in the second round better than I like my second round options at defensive tackle or whatever one of these positions. So we'll start to go with some specific names and some specific draft pairings and scenarios head to head to sort of compare and contrast where the strengths and weaknesses might be of these different potential Bears draft classes next on Locked on Bears. This episode of Locked on Bears is brought to you by FanDuel, America's number one sports book where you can bet on how this Bears draft class might start to take shape. You can bet on what position they're going to use their first round pick on. Plus, you can bet on all sorts of other things for this upcoming NFL draft. You can bet on the NBA playoffs. You can bet on the start of the MLB season, the hockey playoffs as well, all with an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. And here's the thing. 
But our friends at FanDuel are here to make sure that your first bet goes well. Because right now, new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets to you if your bet doesn't win. So you place your bet, either you win and you get a payout, or your bet is wrong and FanDuel gives you back up to $1,000 in bonus bets. Don't miss out on your chance for this no-sweat first bet when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball, the NBA, and the NFL. The Bears are certainly going to approach this draft looking at it from the strength of each position's draft class. That yes, you do want to see best player available and not feel like you're reaching for anyone particularly far at your own draft spot. But you have to you also have to be aware of where other parts of this draft may have strengths and weaknesses in terms of the depth of the draft class at each position. And that's what I'm hoping this sort of draft class pairing exercise might go when we look at first round players at certain spots pairing with second round players at other spots and how that ultimately plays out for the Bears. And again, this this build your own Bears draft graphic that I picked isn't intended to necessarily um, limit your choice at each position, but it's more so to put a face and a name for each pick and each position at each pick. But there's certainly wiggle room to substitute out different guys that you think might more realistically go in those draft ranges. So let's, to me, the way to do this is to base it off of the first round pick first. Which guy do you take at nine? And then based on your guy at nine, what are your options to then pair with them? So let's say, for example, the Bears go Paris Johnson at tackle. You can make it any of your tackles of choice. Like I said, you know, uh, the Tennessee kid, Derek Wright, or uh, Broderick Jones from Georgia. But let's go Paris Johnson just for for ease of, of argument here. If I go Paris Johnson in the first round, I feel like I really need to make sure I get the defensive line addressed. And for me, you know, it, whether it's BJ Ojolari or Keanu Benton, you know, I think I like both those guys, but I feel like I I'm, have the bigger need at the edge spot. And I'm saying, you know what? If we're filling right tackle need in the first round, let's fill edge rusher need in the second round with two guys that feel like good value there. You're not reaching for Paris Johnson at nine, and you're not reaching for BJ Ojolari from LSU, the edge rusher at 53, if he's even there, which is a real question, but a great speed guy off the edge that can add something to this Bears edge rushing group that you don't quite have anywhere else. Then, okay, I've got my tackle and edge rusher filled. Those are my two biggest needs. You know, I feel like I've got some defensive tackle depth on the team that maybe I can be okay with. You don't need to get a great cornerback here if you don't, you know, if you absolutely don't, you know, you're okay with the guys that you have, but you'd like to add something at some point. But I feel to me like when you start to get to the 61st pick, if we're going Johnson, then Ojolari, there's good value at center. And I, and I do feel like if we're filling needs and wanting to build around Justin Fields, Somebody like Joe Titman from Wisconsin with the 61st pick, I feel like would give you some good value there and be a long-term option for you at center, even if he maybe doesn't even end up starting this season in place of Cody Whitehair. And then I want to circle back around to the defensive tackle spot and grab a guy like Zach Pickens from South Carolina, who, again, one of these like combine freaks who performed really well, but still needs to put it all together and refine himself a little bit more with good coaching in the NFL. And feels like the defensive tackle spot is one where I have... I have players and I have some depth there. I have veterans there right now that are not long-term pieces, but guys you can get away with having a more of a developmental rookie in there that can rotate in and hopefully grow in to replace those players in the near future. So the pairing I like here first is Paris Johnson at tackle, 
BJ Ojolari at edge rusher, Joe Tipman at center, and then Zach Pickens at defensive tackle as like my pairing of the first four picks of this Bears draft. If you're going to start with offensive tackle, then go get an edge rusher, maybe grab another offensive lineman and grab another defensive lineman and really fill out those trenches with this combination. It certainly prioritizes the offensive line quite a bit in that area. It, it ignores the secondary and certainly, you know, any of the other positions that aren't the trenches there, but it's about focusing on those spots and understanding that maybe there's not quite the premium guys on the defensive line that you'd like to get, but you only have one opportunity to get a top 10 player in this draft, get the right tackle that most directly affects Justin Fields. There's also the scenario here where Jalen Carter makes it to nine and the Bears say, screw it. This is too good to pass up. He's a top two player in this draft in terms of talent. It's worth the risk. Let's take him with the first round and we'll figure out the offensive tackle and edge rusher situations later. This is just too much of a best player available and also add a position that is worth trying to address here early in this draft. So it's like, okay, you got you got your defensive tackle, but now we get to the three second round picks of sorts. You got to get an offensive tackle here, right? I mean, you absolutely have to get a tackle with one of those spots. So let's go with somebody like Dewan Jones from Ohio State. I don't care if you'd rather just swap Bergeron in here, but for the sake of mixing things up, I'm going to go with Dewan Jones as like, okay, I've got a defensive tackle. I've got a right tackle. I'd still like to get an edge rusher if I could. Certainly don't need to double down on them in back-to-back picks with Carter and then Ojolari there. But maybe at 61, you can still grab a guy like Isaiah Foskey from Notre Dame, who certainly has some pretty good athletic tools coming off of the edge as well. And then by this point, right, you get to, we've got a, a defensive tackle, an offensive tackle, and an edge rusher. Those are the big three needs. Those are kind of the ones I wanted to make sure I got filled here. So there's a little bit room, a little bit room, a little bit of wiggle room there to add some potential, somebody else that might not jump out right away as a big need. I, I still feel like the Kansas State cornerback, Brents, whose name I can't remember off the top of my head, and I'm Googling it as I'm talking to you. Just Julius Brents. Thank you for those of you playing on home. Julius Brents, I think, could be a fun pick to add to the secondary to where you have Kendall Vildor, so you don't need Brents to, to have to come in and be, you know, a, a week one starter exactly or week one top three cornerback, but you feel like he certainly can be and, and perhaps should be, but there's enough room on this depth chart right now to feel like he'll be an upgrade next year at the very least and should be an upgrade this year as well to pair with you know, or I guess to trio with Jalen Johnson and and Kyler Gordon. So you, you feel like comparatively, the first pairing we talked about, you feel a lot better about your offensive tackle, but a little bit, you didn't really feel like you addressed the defensive tackle spot all that well, And but you did get, you know, some depth there. Whereas with the second pairing we're talking about here, Carter absolutely nails your defensive line. And when you pair him with, with Foskey, you feel like, okay, that group is addressed. And with Dewan Jones, you got a starting right tackle and you're feeling okay about it. And you filled a little bit of depth out with them. Neither one of you, neither one of those options though, really gives you that, you know, premier edge rusher, that top flight guy there. And maybe you don't feel like Lucas Van Ness is that guy, but I want to, I want to compare here. Like, okay, if you get the edge rusher first and feel like you feel that need, then do you have to wait? Do you even go defensive tackle at all? Or do you trust the guys you just signed in free agency? And do you still feel like you're able to address offensive tackle appropriately? Or what if you go true best player available in the first round and take a wide receiver like Jackson Smith and Jigba or a cornerback like Devon Witherspoon, like we've talked about a few times here on the podcast. I think there's some similarities when you start to go down that path as well that we'll try and parse out some of the differences here next on Locked On Bears. Really curious to hear 
what you think the Bears should do in terms of these pairings of first round pick with different options that they then have in the second round. So I, I highly encourage you leave a comment here on the Lockdown Bears YouTube video. If you want to pause the video to see the graphic and, and decide for yourself to kind of pick between who you take with the ninth, 53rd, 61st, and 64th picks off of this graphic, or you can go, if you're just listening to the podcast version of this, go on to Twitter at, at Lockdown Bears. I'm there at Cox Sports One. You can comment with building your own Bears draft there or in the Lockdown Bears Facebook group as well. You can join and, and be a part of that conversation there as well. I, I want to hear what your combinations are because I'm I'm going through mine here, but I've got 20 players on the graphic and I'm not a math major, but I think that gives you a lot of different combinations to pick potential guys there. I don't know if that's like, I don't know the math on that all that well because you get four four picks with each round times five is, I mean, it would be 20 players regardless. There's a lot of different ways you can do this to, to slice and dice your potential draft picks here and would love to hear how you think they should approach it. I think there's a reality here where you feel like I got to get an edge rusher in round one. Right now, you're just really, really desperate at that spot and you feel like, you know, the, the second round edge rushers like Ojolari and Foskey are, are, are good, but they're, they're guys that maybe aren't ready to step in and be a week one starter to be a guy that you have to rely on as a top edge rusher on your defense. Whereas you feel like, okay, assuming Tyree Wilson is not there in the first round, because of course he would be on this graphic ahead of Lucas Van Ness, assuming Wilson's not there, maybe even throw a trade down in here and take Van Ness a little bit farther down, but say, okay, we need that edge rusher. You can make it Miles Murphy. If you have that preference, I kind of struggled between which one to throw on the graphic. Not as important which rusher you get, but let's say first round, let's get the pass rusher because pass rushers make money and top 10 is where you want to get that type of pass rusher set there in the first round. Well, okay, now you're feeling like uh, you're feeling like you got that spot a little bit better addressed. So then you feel like, okay, now we got to make sure we go offensive tackle. And then you go, you know, Matthew Bergeron from Syracuse as a plug and play starting right tackle in week one that like Dewan Jones, you know, you can kind of interchange those two guys as far as I'm concerned, as far as the kind of range they're going to go very different prospects, but the type of draft range 53rd, 61st, you know, either way, I think either one could be op realistic at that spot. Now you're set on the edges, the offensive edge, the defensive edge, so might be two of your bigger needs here. So then I feel like, okay, can I take a swing on a, a highly athletic cornerback like DJ Turner with that third pick and still maybe even swing back with the, with the, with the fourth pick there the, at 64 and get a center like Luke Whipler from Ohio State, who admittedly I didn't put on the graphic here, but is, is another conversation to be had there. Like, okay, we got an edge rusher, we got a right tackle, we got a, a corner, and now we add a center in there. Like the third round feels a good spot to get a center where – you don't necessarily expect your third round pick to be a, a lockdown day one starter, but he certainly could plug in play start if he needs to or an injury happens there and you feel better about his ability to take over and start next year as opposed to waiting until a, a fourth or a fifth round pick at that spot. But again, that combination of picks, Van Ness, Bergeron, Turner, and Whippler doesn't address defensive tackle and you're then relying on the guys you already have under contract. You know, Justin Jones, Rasheem Green, uh, Andrew Billings, who they signed as free agents this offseason, and, and some of the other younger guys there, you can still get a defensive tackle later in the draft as pretty good depth there. And you feel like, okay, maybe you don't need to have taken a defensive tackle with those first 64 picks, as long as you feel like you really have the edge rusher position properly addressed. Like, that's the challenge here, right? Is, is how do you balance these needs versus the best player available? Because in the first round, picking in the top 10, we talked about it on this podcast before, you feel like you got to get a top 10 caliber player, like a true like difference maker, whether that's a, a, an actual like ball in their hands playmaker or just someone who you feel like can take over a game. And maybe you don't feel like Jalen Johnson or excuse me, 
Paris Johnson, too many Johnsons uh, in front of me today. Maybe you don't feel like Paris Johnson at right tackle is taking over any games. Maybe you don't feel like Lucas Van Ness is quite good enough as a as an edge rusher to truly take over games. So, you know, a Carter might be in that conversation. Maybe Carter's not on the board there. So then do you feel like, and I've made the argument before that Jackson Smith and Jigba can be the type of wide receiver who can take over a game. You take somebody like that with the ninth overall pick and say, all right, that means the next three picks, we got to start really filling these needs. You think you could plug and play, or you could plug in Devon Witherspoon and it's going to be the same conversation. All right, cornerback's not the biggest need. Wide receiver's not the biggest need. Even Bijan Robinson from, from Texas, the running back, who I do not believe the Bears should take under any circumstances with the ninth overall pick in this draft or anywhere in the first round. The Bears should not take Bijan Robinson. But say you want to take Bijan Robinson. I think whether it's a running back, a cornerback, or a wide receiver there, those are none of those are filling massive needs, right? Any of those positions you could choose to not take in the top four picks of your draft class, and it, they would be fine. You're not, you're not worried about that being a big hole. But if you're going to take one of those guys, let's say JSN for the sake of this argument, but you could be Devon Witherspoon or Bijan Robinson. Then you feel like, okay, we had our luxury pick. We had our, I don't know if luxury is the right word, but our, I don't know if it's swing for the fences, but we had our, our big, our best player available pick with the ninth overall pick. We had to just take BPA. We can't waste this opportunity in the top 10 to just take a need for the sake of taking a need. We got to get the player that we truly think is great and special and worthy of that top 10 pick. Whoever you think that might be, it's just not an offensive tackle or, or an edge rusher. Then in the second round, we got to start getting to work on some of these needs, right? To me, if, if you're going JSN or Witherspoon or Robinson or whoever in the first round, your next three picks in some combination would have to be offensive tackle, edge rusher, and really ideally defensive tackle as those spots. For sure, like offensive tackle and edge rusher would need to be two of those next three picks. And ideally, I'd get a defensive tackle in there as well. And so if if I'm going through this exercise, I could really make a strong argument for like, I would love a draft class there where it's say JSN in the first round and then Keanu Benton, the, the Wisconsin defensive tackle at 53 and then Matthew Bergeron, the Syracuse offensive tackle at 61, and then circle around and grab Derek Hall, the Auburn edge rusher at 64. Another guy with like great speed off of the snap, but just not a not like a super polished pass rusher just yet. But then it's like, okay, I got my fun toy for Justin Fields at JSN in the first round. Someone who I feel like is a top 10 caliber wide receiver who could be a thousand yard guy and crack this lineup in year one. I then got a guy in Benton who's a powerful, explosive three technique pass rusher who can play nose tackle as well, a versatile defensive tackle with some, with some pass rushing upside who's also ferocious against the run. Maybe never going to be a 10 sack guy in the interior, but always going to give you pass rushing upside and high motor energy and toughness there. I'm still feeling my right tackle position with Matthew Bergeron who has flaws and may never be like a pro bowler or whatever, but can be a really solid starting right tackle for you for quite some time. And I would have liked to address edge rusher earlier and certainly could make an argument here for going Ojolari instead of Benton and waiting on defensive tackle. That one I'm a little bit torn on, but I feel like Hall still gives me a lot of upside at the edge rusher spot and can rotate in with Travis Gibson. And depending on if they're going to play Demarcus Walker out there or Rasheem Green, I still feel like I need to address edge rusher maybe after the draft in free agency if I wait all the way until my fourth pick, 64th overall, to address that spot. But you're stuck here, right? Because you can't perfectly fill all of your needs with these four picks in the draft. It's just not realistic to expect things to work out absolutely perfectly to fill all those spots with guys you feel 100% comfortable with. And that's why I like approaching the draft class this way. It's about, okay, I can't, I can't properly fill all these picks. So what do I prioritize 
with my picks? Do I feel like I have to get the offensive tackle in the first round because the likes of Bergeron and Dewan Jones or even Jalen Duncan with those next three picks? I just don't feel comfortable enough with those guys in front of Justin Fields this season. So I got to get Paris Johnson in the first round. Or do I feel like, man, I need an edge rusher because the Bears just are really barren at that spot. So I got to get somebody like, unfortunately, Lucas Van Ness in the first round, even though that might feel like a reach to some people. I got to get that edge rusher in the first round because the guys in the second round, you know, Ojolari, Foskey Hall, they're just, they're rotational guys for me. They're not guys that I feel like are going to step in and be every down good to go edge rushers right away in their careers. Or am I sitting there feeling like, man, I like these second round edge rushers. I like these second round defensive tackles. I like these second round offensive tackles. I can afford to go cornerback or wide receiver or I guess running back, but please no running back in the first round. Like I can afford to splurge or just take truly best player available because I like the, I like the offensive tackles. I'm good with Bergeron. I'm good with Jones. I like the defensive tackles. I'm good with Benton. I'm good with the nose tackle Ika from, from Baylor. I'm good with Pickens from South Carolina. I like the edge rushers. I'm, I'm good with Ojolari and Foskey or Hall. And like, I, I, that's fine with me. I can get the good player, the, the best player in the first round and fill those needs with those later picks where I've got three picks within a, 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 a three picks within a span of 12 spots in this NFL draft. So I'll have a good control over that range and making sure that I get the guys that I want for my team. That's how this exercise I think is so interesting to me and how you can sort of judge your own level of comfort with the different players in the different rounds. I do find myself feeling like the bears aren't pigeonholed into any one opportunity. I do think if you, if you go luxury in the first round, you can still fill the needs in the second round, but you would feel more comfortable filling at least one need with that ninth overall pick as long as you feel like you're not taking too big of a reach there to fill that spot. Want to hear what you think about these different combinations I suggested or your own combinations of your own? Let us know in the Lockdown Bears comments on the YouTube channel and the YouTube video for this podcast. Tweet us at Lockdown Bears at Cox Sports One. Post in the Lockdown Bears Facebook group as well to keep the conversation going. However you do it, just make sure that you're subscribed to Lockdown Bears wherever you listen to podcasts or on the YouTube channel. That's going to be the best way to keep up with all of our daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. Really appreciate you making Lockdown Bears your first listen today and every day. You everydayers out there, you five-day-a-week listeners, we really appreciate you the most because you keep coming back for more of your Bears analysis. And of course, you keep coming back for your next opportunity to bear down.